This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. This portion of Grassroots Marketing on location on Cannabis Radio is presented by Norick Risk. Creating unique insurance solutions for the hemp and cannabis industry is a passion of Norick Risk. Rooted in over 100 years experience, placing custom extra large insurance programs worldwide. Learn more at N-O-R-I-C-K-Risk.com. CannabisRadio.com presents Grassroots Marketing on Location. Featuring exclusive one-on-one interviews with those impacting and evolving the cannabis industry. Now, let's go on location to the 2016 NCIA Cannabis Business Summit in Oakland, California. Welcome back, everyone. Radical Russ here live in Oakland, and we are joined at the desk by Thomas Levine. He's an attorney with Cannabis Council in Detroit, Michigan. Thomas, welcome to the show. Great to be here, Russ. So Michigan has been on our radar because we've been following the story of MI Legalize, the organization trying to get marijuana legalization passed in Michigan. And the only one that had been doing so as a completely grassroots effort, I understand, they've turned in their signatures. They got plenty of signatures, but now there's a complication. Explain to our listeners why the signatures that you've gotten for your initiative aren't getting you on the ballot at this point. Well, it's kind of unexplainable to us as well, but this is what the state has done. They are attempting to deny us access to the ballot right now. Mm -hmm. So luckily they did it right away. We have plenty of time to get the petition for writ of mandamus. That case has been filed, and we're confident that we will be on the ballot because this has a constitutional basis. This 1986 policy that they're trying to impose to discount over a hundred thousand of our signatures yeah is unconstitutional it comes out of the 1980s the early 1980s before the personal computer and before the databases of the qualified voter file database so we had proposed that they change this policy they call it a 180 day policy and so let's get that that's this is where if i understand it correctly the state's saying you got 180 days like a signature has an expiration date. Like after six months, yes. it's no good anymore because, oh, the guy might have moved. He might be in a different district. He might have left the state. Is, is, that, is that their rationale? Yes. And so this is from the mid-'80s when, yeah, you might not be able to go find the paper record of a guy who's moved or whatever. But like you say, this is 
you know, some 30, 40 years later, we've got computers. So you believe this is unconstitutional? Well, the technocrats within the state of Michigan agreed with us. They wanted to bring the policy up to date. They prefer to use what they actually use, the qualified voter file. So this is... Database. So when they say that a signature... And they're saying now that like over 100,000 signatures are no good because they're older than six months. There had been a way to rebut that by... How'd that work? Yes, it raised a rebuttable presumption that these signatures became stale. But the means by which to rebut them are impossible. One way you can rebut them is by going to the city clerks and getting all the hundreds of city clerks to write affidavits and to do the work and dig out the registration of all the ones on their petitions. And, of course, we'd have to get them that list. And that whole process is basically impossible under the Henley Amendment of our Constitution. A local government doesn't have to follow a state initiative unless it's funded. Okay. So this is not funded. So the clerks were basically telling us, no, we're not going to go through that process. You're okay. not, you can't have affidavits. So it was literally a barrier to the ballot as a practical matter. Now, this a policy was deemed unconstitutional and never interposed before. So although it's been around a long time, we have an iconic historic figure in Michigan, our Attorney General, Frank Kelly, our former Attorney General for a long time in the state of Michigan, came down with AG's opinion deeming this policy unconstitutional. Now, the Constitution, of, of course, preempts some agency policy, sure. you know, as it does preempt state statutes. However, according to the Ring of Fire, Mike Papatonio's program did a story on it where they think it was Alec playing national politics because they're afraid that it would bring out the Democratic vote. And you know, we're Bernie fans in Michigan. We, we elected Bernie. Yes, they yes. won the primary there. And Bernie would have won the presidency there. And, and Alec being they the, legislative. Were the American Legislative Exchange Council right. because ours opens up industrial hemp full production. Okay. And this is the land of Henry Ford. Right. And engineers and the U.S. Patent Office, one of three, there's so many inventors, and there'll be production, mass production. And we're not rookies at this. We didn't need a period of research. And the universities are, were refusing to undertake that anyway. But this lawsuit that we're amidst basically was not really improved by the passage of this statute that Alec moved through both sides of our legislature and got signed by the governor within a week or two. I mean, they just moved it through so quick. They took that same policy, the 180-day policy, and they made it into a statute. Okay. Now, that statute, too, we want to overturn, but the governor did not sign it until after we filed our petitions on June 1st. So although they did, the legislature did supposedly vote it in to take immediate effect through just a voice vote, and they refused, and there was some shenanigans, actually. There's a YouTube video by Sam Singh, Representative Sam Singh, and Jeff Irwin about the fiasco that went on there, and they have video footage on YouTube and everything, and what it, what it shows is they asked for a, a recount of the immediate effect vote that required a two-thirds vote. They just did a voice vote, right. and they refused that, and they went around and tallied everybody who voted for it, and it did not reach the two-thirds level. So there's that whole issue that went underway. So another dynamic. But, yeah, I guess on the massive Republican 
politics, as I understand it, I don't know, looking at the Ring of Fire story, they're afraid that this would bring out the Democratic vote. So there's been some interplay. Yeah. Getting in our way, all along the way, actually. There's been another petition, a full petition circulating around the streets, supposedly wanting to get at the ballot, but really they're collecting data and getting in our way because they'd be at the same festivals and the signers would say, no, I already signed it down the way at that booth. That's the wrong one. You need to sign ours. And people would get confused and they'd be like, no, it's a misdemeanor to sign a petition twice in Michigan. So that really brings the 180-day into a new level of barrier for the voter and the signer. It's a misdemeanor to sign it twice, and yet you're going to put 180 days on it? Right. Let's take a for example. I was involved in the writing of it. I was one of the first to sign it myself. Yes. So, of course, mine is more than 180 days. They're discounting me. They are presuming that I'm no longer a registered voter. You right. know, who are they to do this? And really, this lawsuit represents not only the marijuana movement, but anybody who would ever want to put something on the ballot. Right. And this is a balance of power. This is Article 1, Section 1 of the Michigan Constitution, power to the people, we call it, because it is that check and balance where the people can put it on the ballot where the legislature fails to act. I understand that you've got, you're speaking of this affecting everybody, not just the marijuana movement, that there's anti-fracking people that are on this. Yes, and they could continue to gather for four years is really the period that we have to gather these signatures. These are, you know, 253,000 signatures that have to be valid. So really, we gathered over 350,000 signatures, well over that. And 350,000 signatures takes a lot of time to do. And in order to crunch that into 180 days, you would need about $2.5 million to pay signature gatherers. So it's a... It's almost like a grab of power by oligarchy. And what if oligarchy's running the legislature? Yeah. This is the check in power to check and balance that. Right. Now they're grabbing it over here? Yeah. No. So we it have doesn't this, work that way. So we have MI legalized turns in three hundred and fifty four thousand signatures of the two hundred and fifty two fifty two five twenty three, I think it was, that you needed. Yes. And so they disqualify 100,000 or so of them because they're older than this 180-day thing. The 180-day thing written in the 80s has a way to rebut that by going to the county clerks and doing it through the paper process. The county clerks don't have to do it because it's not funded, so they say no, so you can't go through that process. The legislature goes and passes a law to put that into statute. An old attorney general says it's probably unconstitutional, and nobody will let you rebut this stuff through modern database and computer techniques. Have I got it all? Have I figured this out finally? Yes. (laughs) That's pretty damn confusing. So with let's say that this turns out perfectly and we get the decision we want and those 100,000 or so signatures are back. That still requires that you're going to need about, what, 70%, 71% validity rate on your signatures? Are you confident that that can can happen? Yes. And we hired a professional company to go through all the signatures and do some scrubbing where you can look at where there is a problem, you know, cross them out or come forward. And then we handed the state DVD of a database to allow them 
you know, to facilitate their work and aid them and help them. We were very helpful. And we walked in with the top firms. We worked with three top firms, two to gather signatures, an independent one to verify Hmm. along the way to really do it right. And um, we worked together with the board of canvassers. Jeff Hank, chairman of our board, did a beautiful job, you know, proposing new policy changes and in anticipation of of this and yeah and this is how it's played out rather yeah. than actually following the advice of their technocrats that would have preferred to bring the policy up to date and use the modern computer hmm. amazing and again the other part of this uh, story that always speaks to me is that this is such a grassroots effort yes, uh, without is. the billionaires jumping in without the major national organizations jumping in none which really shocked me because I see such a great, from a cost-benefit analysis, I think you get it on the ballot in Michigan. I think it passes. You guys passed medical by, what, 63%, I think it was, passed in every county? Yes. So what are we waiting for? What Jump on this. And now, I'm sure, with all these legal challenges, you're going to still need some funds. Can you give people some contact information, ways they can donate or help out? Absolutely. MILegalize.com. That's M-I, like... Uh that's short for Michigan. Right. Legalize. So MILegalize.com has a donate tab there and also a blog. You can check out events and see what's going on. Man. Because you're right. We, we can't sit back and not work on the campaign to vote yes on this. We know that there will be a very strong campaign to, to vote no yeah. that we'll be up against. But we want to control the message. We're a very proactive and professional group of board members, 15 members from across the state who are all elected by huge gatherings. We got together the communities, the business community, the patient communities were right involved in the room, you know, very much so. Josie Scott Scoggins, very important activist for AIDS and, and all kinds of patient groups. And so it's been very compelling this whole process, this grassroots process, and it's really brought the groups together in a, in a significant way, and we're really happy that we've, we were able to get together all these signatures. Yeah. It really worked out well. We, it was a push right up to the end, let me it tell sure you. sure was. Man. I was driving around picking up petitioners myself till 3.30 in the morning, you know, yeah. every, every morning, you know, in the, those last days, getting it all together, and it was... Real, it's been a hell of an effort, and yeah. you know, I saw Matthew Abel down in Florida uh, yeah. just a couple of weeks before your petitions were due, and he was just sweating bullets over it too. So yeah. I hope everything goes well. Go to milegalize.com to help these guys out, help pay some of the legal fees. We've been speaking with Thomas Levine. He's an attorney with Cannabis Council. You can find them at CannabisCouncil.com. And thanks so much for everything you're doing, and best of luck to you. I want to see it legal in Michigan. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be back with more live content here from the Oakland National Cannabis Industry Association Cannabis Business Summit. Thank you for listening to this edition of Grassroots Marketing on location, only on CannabisRadio.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.